Welcome once again, true believers, to the Marvel Cinecast. This week we are covering Captain America, the first Avenger, if you're in Europe, because they had to tack on that subtitle. <laughs> Join me as always, we have Scott. Hey, how's it going? And we have Tony. Coming at you from the future! <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but we actually don't. We go back, back to the past with this film. Uh, this is the earliest film... The earliest moment, actually, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, taking place in the 1940s. And I guess we all start there. What did you think of the setting, the time frame? I mean, there's no way around it with Captain America, because his origins, and I think Tony mentioned this last week, is already tied with World War II. Absolutely. Which, again, makes the uh, uh, Stark lineage very weird, because Howard Stark is probably in his at least his late 20s in 1943 so you know mm -hmm. he was definitely an old man when he was getting busy making Tony but you know whatever I ain't hating but, but yeah, well, <laughs> power I, to him man power to him <laughs> I was gonna say the funny thing is and it's not this doesn't really affect Captain America because all they have to do is say like he was stuck in the ice for you know first 10 years then 20 years 30 40 this film 70 years yeah. so it's not a problem it's more the people around him because oh, yeah. like, originally Bucky was his like teenage sidekick mm -hmm. and that didn't make any sense because Bucky couldn't remain the same age so they kept on trying to do different things to advance him he also got frozen when he got the you know he got defrosted before cab right. whatever and we won't get into what happens with him here because that happens later on but yes they do find a workaround to have Bucky appear in the 70 years later yeah well they definitely couldn't have Bucky be the Bucky of the comics who's a you know who's a kid you know cause you can't really throw a kid in a war uh, you know obviously you can do it in comic books because it's all good and fun but they were trying to come with uh, some sort of realism another thing with uh, the issues with with time is, is uh, Nick Fury Nick Fury was supposed to be involved with Captain America and his group who were um, they didn't mention but they're called the Howling Commandos which yeah, is kind of all those guys that Captain America rolls with but Nick Fury was supposed to be there uh, uh, Wolverine was supposed to, is supposed to be involved in the Captain America World War II thing as well. So it definitely dates a lot of these characters who can't, you know, they have they have to work around it because they can't stick to the timeline that we're familiar with in the comics because it just wouldn't work. Yeah, and it doesn't help that character the, the characters like Wolverine aren't possible in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right, but I. I really liked how they showed the 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 fight scenes with the Howling Commandos destroying all the Hydra the Hydra bases and they showed enough that you know that they're getting stuff done but they also left a lot out so it's a kind of and it leaves a lot of empty space that can be you know filled in later if say Marvel regains the movie rights to certain characters such as Wolverine. Yeah. I kind of like that. I, I, I hold out for hope. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly possible. I don't know how likely it is with X-Men characters, Unlikely. considering how Fox is doing pretty well with them. Um, but as we know, obviously, they did just get Spider-Man back. Kind yeah, of. And I, uh, so. I also don't think they necessarily need to fill in the gaps with that. Um, I think, especially being, if they do, you know, like with the X-Men, like first cast being set in the 60s mm -hmm. and stuff like that, you just don't want to muddy a really messy timeline as it is with the X-Men films. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The X-Men films are all over the place. 
But I, yeah. I, I, I think Tony brought up an interesting point to go. I did find it weird that they never named the Highland Commandos in this film. Yeah, it's like one of those things you just have to know, and I they do it uh, named them in the Agent Carter TV show, but it is weird that they never named them, and I don't even know if they name all the characters on the team. No, they don't. I was like, I mean, no, I, they don't. Yeah, I know most of them, but yeah, they didn't name any of them. I mean, I guess it was really just kind of nods to fans of the comic, you know, to say, hey, yeah, here's uh, you know, here's these guys you know. Okay, we're not really yeah. gonna say much about them, but mm-hmm. they're here. <laughs> But I, 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 I mean, even if that was the case, I do think it, I think it's a weird thing, in the sense that they don't, uh, they, 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 they're a major part of like the middle section of the film. Oh yeah, and it's weird that they don't name them. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I guess you know they, I mean, really, did they need to be in it? Really not. I mean, you could have gone with any, you know, oh, yeah. any generic soldiers at that point. But it was really just kind of fan service to have them. Have them in there, just kind of give a wink and a nod to the fans. It seems. Yeah. Again, if it was a, but again, they're in there. Like, again, they're pretty much in there from about halfway mark until the end of the film as Cap's back. Of it's just weird, and I don't want to. I don't want to harp on it because I really do enjoy this film. Oh yeah. And this is just one of those random things that was really strange. It. I feel like they to kind of speak about the um, the history that they use. That I think, like you know, they obviously didn't go for a very realistic. 1940s, um, like they, it was very. Um, yeah, the guns didn't give that away. Yeah, right. Like they, have, I mean, all the technology was way more advanced than anything we have nowadays. And and as we, as we were talking before the show, uh, I mentioned the guy who directed it also directed the Rocketeer, which you can definitely tell in this movie. Like a lot of the designs are reminiscent of the Rocketeer. So um, yeah, I mean, you can definitely tell they weren't going for a very realistic, based in history kind of story. They kind of we're very loose about it, and even in some of the most basic things. Um, overall, though, I think they did really well with sticking to um, the world that they created. You know, like it made sense in its own ways. There were a couple things here and there that kind of threw me, like one in particular that every time I watch the movie, and as soon as they say this line, I like facepalm every single time when Captain gets his shield and he's like, oh, it's made of vibranium. It's completely resistant to vibrations. And then Peggy shoots the shield, and you hear a vibration. You hear the shield buzzing, and it's like, um, that's a vibration right there, dude. I don't I, know. You I just absorbed. He literally just said it. <laughs> I thought it absorbed vibration, but... He said it's, uh, it's, he said it's, it's completely resistant to all vibration. And oh. then she shoots it, and then you hear vibration. <laughs> I, I, that was I mean I understand that it's iconic that was also a weird scene in the sense I don't get why he picked that one above everything else yeah like, like, it's, I guess because they cut it short because it's just how he's like I have to oh I want this one like okay he didn't explain what the other ones are like, I yeah think he didn't even give those ones a chance some of them yeah. look kind of cool yeah because I think he was saying like one has like a shock um Feature. He he was ex- half expanding one when Cap's like, I want this round one. Yeah. I'm like, what's so special about this one? <laughs> I I don't know. Yeah, there uh, wasn't anything special to it by looks. And then another thing, what does being resistant to vibration have to do with anything? Like, what does that matter? <laughs> I assume maybe no pushback or anything while he's in combat. That's not true. Because mm. la- later on in the field when Bucky grabbed the shield, he got, and he tried to use it to block a blast, he got blown away. <laughs> So okay. it's completely oh, pointless. Yeah. He just said it for no reason. I don't even know why that line is in there. 
Because <laughs> they have to make this the metal seem like it's more OP than it actually is. Yeah, which is I, just really, really hard. So I get, I guess, I guess yeah. they could have just said it's. it's I, I guess super hard and super light, and that should have been it. <laughs> Instead of like it's resistant to res- to vibrations. Meanwhile, vibration. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to rationalize it for the director. I really I really don't know why. Yeah, I mean, but it's. I not, don't know I mean, why. I don't know why I said it. Yeah, it's okay. no big deal. I mean, stuff like that happens all the time in, in, okay, in movies. Guess, but it was just it was weird because it was literally the sentence. And then the action, and it was like, okay. <laughs> if we're gonna harp on the negatives real quick, I'm also gonna say I really don't like the fact that the action sequences in the middle are just pretty much a montage. Oh yeah, that's there's a, like there's a lot of montages in this movie. Montage, <laughs> like they but do that quite a bit actually. Now that you mention it, but but I'm like, okay, this is he's becoming the hero that he we know he's going to be, and he's getting all these epic tasks, and it's like, oh, he throws his shield and he's throwing up stuff. I'm like, okay, so we're just gonna bypass all of this now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it wasn't really necessary. I mean, it, I, I feel like they were really going for this kind of 40s, 50s feel for the for the majority of the movie. So I can kind of see what they were trying to do, and you know, even in the filmmaking itself. So I'm not. I wasn't that bothered by the montages, um, and it's a lot of history to tell in one movie. So I don't know. I was I wasn't too bothered by it, but they definitely I I would think overused it a bit. Yeah, there's no reason a movie should have two plus montages. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's, it's a little ridiculous. And, and this isn't necessarily a complaint, but it's something I noticed going since we're going through phase one again. A lot of the movies start the same with like a mid-movie scene. This one starts with, I guess, technically the end of the film with them discovering Captain America. Right. Um, well, not quite. Uh, you the know, end. not quite the end, but yeah. close not the quite. End. Not quite the end, but yeah. Um, and then Thor started with him coming to him falling to Earth. Right. And, yeah, stuff like that. So I'm like, it's it's an interesting tech, and it's kind of not necessarily something they'll do with Iron Man three again, but they do kind of use the framing device of we'll go back and then tell the story of what why this event is important. Yeah, I like I like that kind of framing though of storytelling. Like I, I you know I, I enjoy it when movies do something like that because it, especially when you're introducing a character or a world that no one knows anything about. Like if it's a movie based on you know, uh, real life events or, or or a commonly known story, then it's maybe not necessary. But when it's you're introducing a new character, you're introducing a new world. I like that it kind of shows you a glimpse into the future, and then okay, let's go back and see what got us here. You know, I kind of like that that way of storytelling. So, you know, you know, I, I, it's something right. I don't mind specifically with these films, especially with this one. Like in uh, Thor, it was just kind of a flash forward and then back to time. But with this one, a lot of people who aren't familiar with Captain America's reemergence into the modern times wondered how that would happen. And it was a perfect, you know, it was perfect. You find him in you know, in the beginning, you know, you'll find out exactly how it happens later on. Right. So, I mean, I guess, uh, should we talk a little bit about some of the, the, the characters, the actors specifically? Like, how did you guys feel that Chris Evans did as Captain America? I, 
I like Chris Evans as Captain Mercury watching this. I think I prefer him in the later films. I think partially because he gets to be more of Captain America. Here, I mean, he has the nobility and all that other stuff. But, like, one, the first half of the movie he spends as a really weird CG body. Yeah, yeah, that was... That was I mean, it's certainly um, interesting that they, they went for that. It didn't It didn't look so bad as much as it sounded weird because he had Chris Evans' voice in this itty-bitty body, and Chris Evans has, like, a deep, manly voice, and it's coming out of this tiny dude, so yeah. that was a little weird. But um, I don't know. I kind of liked um, getting to see Captain America before he became Captain America because, you know, I feel like he specifically can be viewed as a very one-dimensional, I'm the hero and everything I do is right and I'm powerful and sure of myself kind of boring character. But to see like where he came from and how actually he's, you know, he got picked on and he was a little guy and this is why he is the way he is now is because he's been there. So I thought it was kind of cool to see the change. I mean, really Chris Evans was playing two, almost two roles in this film, you know, the, the pre and post um, getting the powers you know, character. Yeah, I think I, I think the problem though is the pre. It's it's kind of what you were saying. It's kind of that one note. He's heroic. He's brave. He's courageous. You know, he doesn't have the muscles to back it up, but he has heart, and yeah. they really drive that in the first half of the film. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, definitely. I I mean, I, I I won't lie though. Some of it, some some of it got me in the feels. I was like, that's right, man. You do you do the right thing. <laughs> I, I know. I mean, some of it was <laughs> good. Stick up to those bad guys. I believe in you. <laughs> Some of it was good, but they really drive home. Oh, yeah, yeah, they, they definitely do, like, over and over again. Yeah. Like the scene where he jumps on the grenade, I was like, oh, come on now. <laughs> yeah. This is getting ridiculous. Like, whose first instinct is to actually do that in boot camp? Well, no. when you have heart, you want yeah. to protect other people. When you're Captain America. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because... Yeah, I mean, you're right. I think, there, I think, you know, there are just some scenes that, like, this, the same thing with him... Not necessarily picking on the guy in the movie theater, but, you know, picking a fight with the guy bigger than him. Yeah. Here, here's the, so Captain America is definitely a character that can only be created in, like, the 40s. You know, like, if you created Captain America today, he would probably be an asshole. <laughs> like, he'd be, like, spying on you and, you know, doing all kinds <laughs> of like, messed up stuff. He'd have a bunch of guns. He would just, he would hate Mexicans. Like, he would just be a jerk. If they created yeah, Captain he'd America. have an NSA badge on his arm. <laughs> you can only create Captain America back when America was, you know, the great generation, as they call it. So, <laughs> but, which is, which is funny, and it's something that we'll probably talk more about in Avengers, like, because one of the, my favorite lines in Avengers is when they, you know, talk about uh, Captain America being a man out of time. You know, and it, it really is. So it's yeah. uh, you know, so it's kind of cool to see him in his in his natural environment. You know, in this movie, because from here on, it's like he's 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 an alien, basically. You know. Yes, and he also yeah. doesn't he also doesn't know how to talk to women, which I thought was weird. I guess because he has so much heart, because almost every woman he interacts with fawns over him because he has to date at the World Fair. She was not fawning over him <laughs> at all. It there. Trust me, as someone Didn't like who, his penis. as someone who was incredibly unsuccessful with women, let me tell you <laughs> that he was. They were not <laughs> over him. They were they were being nice to him because he was sweet. Uh huh. And it was also mm-hmm. kind of it was also kind of nice to see that uh, one of the dates was Kara from Doctor Who, 
which is an odd thing to notice this time around. I don't know who I don't know who Clara is from Doctor Who. The newest doc, the newest companion. Oh, okay. I haven't watched the new one. And also, one of the girls in the film was from uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, the one he makes out with yeah. and gets busted. <laughs> which is a really random scene because I don't think that I don't think that eighties in the movie ever again. No. no yeah. Not. No. No. Not at all. It was. It was just to create some sort of conflict between him and um, Agent Carter. But in the end, it was like, okay, that didn't really... There was like The conflict lasted that scene, and then afterwards, they were fine. Yeah, it was a really stupid conflict. It seemed like, oh, this is what we have to do for the natural course of their relationship. Yeah. When, I guess because they both kind of had feelings for each other, and neither one of them knew how to approach it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I guess Agent Carter was another character we can talk about, and I thought that Hilly Atwell... Mm-hmm. does a very great job with her. It's weird seeing this and kind of seeing what becomes of her mm-hmm. because they like, she's like this badass military chick in this film and after this they kind of demote her as like the office chick in Agent Carter and the Agent Carter one shot. And it's oh. like, I don't... I mean, I guess it was the 40s once the war ended. She probably didn't have her own... Well, truthfully, she shouldn't have been anywhere doing doing any of the things she was doing in this film because in the 40s uh for sure women were not allowed in, in war zones like as far as in, in the oh. role that she was playing or okay, there's a lot of stuff that i i, so, think I was like uh, that wouldn't really have happened but okay whatever <laughs> i think somebody also said the same thing about having an asian and an african-american on the Highland commandos probably would not have been yeah well there were there were african-american soldiers but i don't know yeah but they, they weren't were... in they were, weren't they kind of put off into their own units? I believe so, would, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, you would have just had them as a team. Uh, I like referenced when the the Asian guy said, I'm from Fresno, Ace, when, the, when he looked at him and was like, oh, we're taking everyone now. So it was yeah. that part was kind of addressed. Yeah. It was hand-waved. It's like, oh, we'll mention it, and then we'll kind of go on our way. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's did I say did I say the '40s was the great generation? What I meant to say was, they had some good things and some bad things. Yeah, I was to say it's it's one of those things that it's hard in the modern age because if you didn't do that stuff, people would complain, and if you do, it's you know it's historically accurate, but it's still kind of racist yeah. because it was really racist back then and oh, sexist. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, but I think they did what they could with the film. Uh, it. It was a little weird that they went so abstract 40s because the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe kind of takes place in pretty realistic modern modern day. You know what I mean? And well, I, I mean it's as modern as I mean they. I, I mean it's set pretty much near the end of World War Two. Actually, this is something I was wondering. How long do you think this movie is? As far as what the the, the time span? The, uh, yeah. Well, it starts in I think forty one, right, and then it ends in. Does it really forty five? I believe so. Wow. Okay, I thought it was a much shorter time frame than that. I think no, it, no, it was. It I was think it is shorter because the U. The the U S. had entered World War Two at that point. And right. When did we? When did, did we? I think it was forty three. No, was it? Let me see. I, I'm like yeah. I can't Google it because my keyboard is busted. <laughs> <laughs> Someone Google. Who has who has Google, we, who has Google what, Magic? What do we? Uh, okay, so yes, it starts in March of 1942. Oh, it was 19. Yeah, 
That's, right. but, that's about okay. the time that we actually entered World War II. So, 19, okay. so but this is this, like, this is the start with a still device. We don't necessarily know when like the stuff with Captain America starts with that. Yeah, that is weird. This film goes at least three years because I yeah. think that. Well, I mean, at least two of that is montages alone. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Well, it is. I mean, honestly. Yeah, really. I assume he spent like a year doing his whole... Okay, I want to talk about this because I have the song. Who's strong and brave here to save the American way? This song, the uh, the the war bonds song. Yeah, yeah. And I have to call back to it at the um in the middle of the film. Do you know what you're doing? Yeah, I put it off in the face like 200 times. Yeah. So I guess I guess that would be like 200 days or more. So that's probably a year of of him touring at least. Yeah, makes sense. But I have to say, I really like that song. Oh, it was corny as hell. (laughs) <laughs> and had no place in the movie. Uh, and I, I also it. I also like how they used his actual costume from the comic books and made it look super ridiculous. <laughs> well, I, I think yeah, the, I like that too. <laughs> I think it had a face in the movie because it was, I mean, it's, it was for all intents and purposes, war propaganda. It was like, we're Americans, woohoo. Yeah, that's how and it was, yeah. That's, that, that's what they did. This mm-hmm. was just kind of taking it, 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 it was paid for that, but this is literally what they did back then right. to get people to, you know, kind of give them that energy. We don't necessarily have that war spirit in this country anymore. But I don't think we really need it. I mean, we've got so much more uh, you know, capabilities as far as like, you know, the power of our military and weaponry and stuff. So I don't think we, back then it was like everyone had to get involved because we were much smaller and much less capable at the time. But now yeah. it's like, eh, nobody really thinks about it all that much. And I guess technically, yeah. to be fair, this film technically spans 70 years, but the bulk of it takes place over the course of three years. Right, right, right. Of course. Um, what did you think of Bucky? Um,. I mean, I you know, I, I like what they did with his character. Obviously, you can't have a... I don't even know how old Bucky is in the comics, but he's a kid. He's a child in the comics. And you can't do that, uh, you know, in, in, in a movie that you're trying to have some semblance of reality in. Um, so I like what they did. I, I also like how they made him kind of like the the cool, tough guy that was looking after the weak and wimpy, you know... But he has heart. Right, but he has heart. <laughs> so I, I kind of like what they did with that, and they definitely, I feel, you you got a, there was a real emotional connection there. I felt that they that they didn't necessarily shove down your throat, but they let it build as you're watching the film. You know, and you kind of see that. Oh, okay, they really are good friends. Like there are other movies, and I think I don't know if it's one that we have reviewed already, um, but there, and I don't remember which movie it was, but I remember talking to you about. Or talking to somebody about a movie where it was like I didn't feel like they were really friends to begin with. Oh, we when we talked about Iron Man two. Yeah, 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 yeah. About Rhodey and, and and Tony Stark, and it was like, you know, 
okay, I understand that they're friends, but you haven't shown that to me in, in this movie. In the first Iron Man, they definitely did. In the second Iron Man, it was like, this just looks like his his older brother who's always disappointed in him. Like, I don't see why they're friends. <laughs> but in Captain America, I felt like you really saw, like, these guys are actually really, like, they're like brothers, you know what I mean? Like, you got that kind of feel from it, you know? So, yeah. so I, I, I do appreciate what they did with him. I, I would have liked to see maybe more of him, um, but... But I like what they did with him overall. So I don't know about you guys. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like I I, 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 I get I get the relationship. I I feel like they could have done more because he does he kind of I I assume they're around the same age. I think Bucky's kind of treated as slightly older than he is because he does get the big brother. I'm going to protect you role. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know if he's necessarily older than him. He's just bigger and tougher than him. You know, it's like he's got that. I mean, it, he's got that, I guess, the alpha male kind of mentality of the pack. And before Captain America becomes Captain America, he wasn't really an alpha. So, I don't know. I mean, he could be mm-hmm. maybe older than him, but I don't think that he necessarily has to be for it to work, for that dynamic to work. Yeah. But, yeah. Hey, for, it, it was, uh, yeah, because they're around, the, like, they're almost the same age. Yeah. I, I don't think there's really, I, I think their age difference is negligible. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I guess they would have to be around the same age since they both kind of registered for the army around the same time, which would put them around eighteen or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I guess the okay, one just real quick. What did you think of Tommy Jones' character? I felt like he was so not needed. It was weird, right? Like when I saw him, I was like, "Wait, is that Tommy Lee Jones? What the heck is he doing here?" <laughs> that was weird. But I, I think they needed someone to take the place of what would what should have been Nick Fury because that his character is basically what Nick Fury was in the comics. Um, so I don't know. I think he did an okay job, but he was, he didn't have to be there. They could have, you know, they could have replaced him easily with anyone. Yeah. It's not that he was needed, but his presence, especially since he was Tommy Lee Jones, I, I appreciated it. Yeah. Yeah. And then Hugo Weaving as the Red Skull, Mm -hmm. Which I am kind of torn about. He was an interesting villain mm-hmm. in the sense that he had a plot and a purpose, which is more than we can say for most of them so far. Yeah. yeah. Although his yeah. his purpose was a little little loose, right? It yeah. was just, uh, I want to destroy everything. It's a little, it's a little <laughs> dare I say, dated, his purpose. Yeah. Uh, it's very world domination. Okay, I was about to say that was his his end game. Was no. it? It was to destroy it was destruction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's when but, when uh, Tommy Lee Jones was uh, interrogating. Um, crap, what's his name? Doctor. Bar- no, not Zemo. Bar- no. Zola. Yeah, yes, yes. When, inter- when he was interrogating him, and, you know, he was, that's when he said, no, he wants to destroy everything, basically. So, which I guess, I mean, whatever, if that's what you want to do, have at it. It's actually should... the most purpose that any villain has gotten <laughs> in this movie my, so my, my, my view always is, if you want to kill everyone, start with yourself. It, it, it's it's a weird one because it's not like I in, understand enslavement and I understand world domination. I don't understand destruction because then you just kind of take away resources you can actually use at some point. Yeah. So I mean, like, he was he was definitely a mustache twirling evil for the sake of being evil kind of. You know, as yeah. you mentioned, dated 
character, which is fine. I mean, it worked, especially yeah. in the, in the time. I mean, yeah, we, it was you know that we were that we were operating in. I mean, like you said, it's kind of like this weird hyper realistic take on like the World War Two. It's it's almost played for that not as but more cartoony and outlandish yeah. than it was. Because I think he even like he you know halfway through the movie he says he's no longer fighting for Hitler. Yeah, Hitler's weak. So it's like this isn't the World War Two we know. This is the Red Skull versus Captain America. I, I do. I will say I appreciate that he was the only character that did not have a cartoonish, over-the-top German accent. Everyone else had that super fake, you know, we are going to kill everyone, like super hype, like even more high-pitched, kind of <laughs> not real German yeah. accent. But his was actually legitimate. I was like, okay, good on you. <laughs> I, I, that's one of my pet peeves whenever you watch like these kind of World War II era movies. It's like the 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 super over the top fake accent it's like what yeah, is that it's Come clearly on. americans with german yeah trying to do imitate german accents yeah everyone just imitate, I, imitate a german accent that's one of the things i've learned it's like everybody imitates one accent not you know german polish switzerland even british it's always the one accent that yeah. we try to mimic yeah well british usually they do one of two they'll do like the cockney accent or the uh, or the very you know frou-frou kind of, you know, uptown accent. Proper, yeah, the, the yeah. proper one. Yeah. But, yeah, with the German one, everybody's just like, okay, just turn your THs into Zs and your Ws into Vs, and we're good. <laughs> That's all you gotta do. sound crazy. It sound crazy and high-pitched. You pitch your voice up a bit, and you're German. There you go. <laughs> That's basically it. But just describe the fake German accent. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you gotta do. But to get back to Red Skull and this movie... I think, and just thinking about this now, it kind of suffers from the same problem I have with Iron Man 2. For the most part, this film does not have a plot until the climax. Mm-hmm. Because, like, Red Skull and Captain America meet halfway through. There's no real exchange of, okay, this is what I want to do, this is how I'm going to stop you. It's like, oh, he made me too. So then you find that they're equals, and then it's like, Which yeah, we're going to... Totally not canon, but whatever. I'll allow it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Then I, I, sometimes you want the simplest explanation because you only have two hours to tell this story. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and then it's like we're just going to take out take out all these fans um, well, in a montage. <laughs> the montage. That should be a well, that should be the, uh, the subheading of the movie. <laughs> Captain America: The Montage. That would be subheading. I think I think that the movie has a bit more of a overarching plot than Iron Man Two, at least because at least. You have the whole it's World War Two plot. Yeah. <laughs> Man, too, you well, didn't have anything. Okay. To be, well, I mean, the 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 real the real backbone of this is Captain America's evolution, which Iron Man Two doesn't have because Tony has so many different subplots. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, That's I don't. I, I I said this, and I didn't. I don't necessarily mean it as a negative, but it's so funny how like the second half of this film is set up like a video game. Because it's basically Captain America entering a base, destroying it, getting out. He then goes onto the special level, which is the train. He has a mini boss there. The mini boss kills Bucky, in quotes. Yeah. And the final stage of the game is the assault on um, the Red Skull's castle. <laughs> and then you have you have <laughs> many <laughs> the assault on Red Skull's castle. That should be the. <laughs> then you have a lot of you have a lot of mini bosses because you have the the, the torch dudes. Mm-hmm. Then you have like the 
all-out army versus army fight, and then it's like one-on-one, then you have like the plane chase, and then the, the final battle on the fan. I'm like, this is kind of set up like a video game, in a good way. Yeah, but it's yeah like, you can it's, see... You can see them building the levels for the official movie video game and mm-hmm. the movie. Yeah, I'm looking at the writers here, that, and it looks like all they've really worked on. Aside from this, uh, or I guess prior to this, they did some of the Chronicles of Narnia films. Um, and that's really it. They did the Chronicles of Narnia, uh, then... Like they did several of those, then Captain America, Pain and Game, Thor: The Dark World, and Agent Carter. They wrote, um, I think, I don't know if they just wrote one episode or what, but um, so yeah, didn't really work on much prior to this. So I, I assume they're probably Marvel, like just like Marvel hide guns because they're also working on the script for Civil War. Yeah. So you know, I mean, it worked. I, it was yeah, I felt like it was a very basic story structure. Which is fine. I mean, it's you know, that's certainly not a bad thing, but a, it's not a very good thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it's it, like it, if it, you want to have an average film, here's a nice average story for you. And I think, and I do think that it is an average film that is bought up by the performances, especially of Evans and Atwell. I think without if they had like half-assed it, I think this would have been a worse worse movie for it. I mean, granted, you can say that about any film, but yeah, yeah like, there's nothing necessarily special about it. And I, again, I don't want to say that as a negative. I do enjoy this film. It's just like one of those films that you kind of enjoy, and then you kind of forget about it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think I had watched it maybe a couple times prior to watching it for this podcast, and um, and. I'm, as you know very well, I'm a lifelong comic book fan, and um, that may skew my opinion a bit, you know. But yeah, I, I think if I'm trying to look at it as critically as possible, I would say, as you said, it's just an average film. The performances were quite good, specifically with um, 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 Chris Evans and Haley Atwell, and even Sebastian Stan. Even though we didn't see as much as, of him as I would have liked. But of yeah, course, we will see much more of him in the upcoming films, which is great because I de- I, de- I like him as an actor from what I've seen. He, he does. Yeah, quite- I, I, I mean it's it, and I guess we'll find out more. I also do think that was a missed opportunity to kind of have him and Cap interact more when he's actually Captain America. I think they if they have a few scenes, but nothing really major. Mm-hmm. Nothing like we got the first half of the movie, like when they're at the fair or when he's saving him from the bully. Mm-hmm. And I think it would have been interesting to kind of see them interact on an equal level. So here's a question. We can we can pretty much agree that Captain America prior to saving Bucky and them was probably doing his tour thing for at least a year. Cause yeah. A, so yeah. how long was Bucky in captivity that when Captain America goes to save him, he's like, what happened to you? It's like, bro, I've been like this for over a year. Do you, well, I thought you, we were friends. You don't even well, know I, me. <laughs> I, I was going to say uh, two things about that, I guess. Huh? It's one, I assume that Captain Roger's identity wasn't public knowledge. Because, mm-hmm. you know, he wears a mask and a costume the entire tour. And the other thing, and they kind of have this scene in there, the troops don't seem to care because they're not the ones who you have to rally. They're the ones yeah. who are doing all the fighting. And it's not so, like they had Facebook over there or anything. So yeah, like, they probably wouldn't hear anything had, until they got home. You know, it's not even like you had TV. I mean, it's not like yeah. you could watch That's commercials. Right. I, I just thought it was kind of funny because in like modern day, if like 
you know, uh, like a year later, I'm like, hey, best friend, <laughs> like, I've had this major life change, and I haven't told you for the past year, but I guess it makes sense in this, in that world, <laughs> in that time. Yeah, and it's a good thing that uh, yeah. got captured when Captain America was there, and not like a week later, because he would have been screwed. Yeah. Oh, we didn't talk about another Definitely. character who's fantastic in this. Is Howard that? Stark. Oh, Yes. I really like that actor. That was almost a big oversight on our part, huh? Yeah, I I like this actor. I mean, and I think I'd mentioned before, I thought he might have been, like, Hispanic or something, but apparently he's not. I think he's just English. So, uh, but I don't know about his, like, his his, 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 his heritage. Heritage, yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I think he is not only a, a really good Howard Stark, but, I mean, I could even see him as, as Tony Stark. I know they won't do it. But well, I think that I think that was the purpose is to kind of show like this is where Tony gets yeah. some of his bravado from. It's like trying to mimic his dad, and I think this is something we didn't see with Iron Man two for sure. And that we can I understand why Howard was a lady killer. <laughs> yeah, and one thing that that seeing him perform as this character does for me is that like you know there's so much talk now about like what happens when Robert Downey Jr stops playing Iron Man. And they're like, oh, no one else can be Iron Man except Robert Downey Jr. And seeing him perform as Howard Stark at least tells me, uh, yeah, someone else could be Iron Man because I could see him as Iron Man. Again, now they won't do it because he's already a character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but if he can do it, then certainly there's someone else out there who can play the character. So, yeah. But yeah, I, I, but thought, I, I mean, thought he did a fantastic job. I mean, at the same time, not to discredit Dominic Cooper, I do think it's a bit different when you're maybe fifth or sixth bone in this film yeah. instead of being the head giant. He he gets the shine, but he also doesn't have a ton of screen time, so you don't necessarily know if his act would get old if he was the head giant. Right. But that said, he's a fantastic character in this yeah. film. Yeah, every scene that he was in, he owned. I mean, and that's a, that's another tricky thing with Iron Man as as a character is that it's not like you can replace him on the down low and just have someone subtly playing the new Tony Stark in an Avengers movie because it's like his character is not subtle. So if somebody's going to come in and play Tony Stark, they're going to have to come in and own it right off the bat. There's no getting around it, unfortunately. So that's a tricky thing, but... Yeah. I also ask everybody if they fondue. If they... <laughs> Do you fondue? <laughs> I don't know. Were you guys fondueing? I don't know. <laughs> Fondue is just cheese and bread, my friends. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great you know, I had that running joke. That was great. <laughs> that was pretty funny. So, alright, so I guess... Um, just show juice about women and everything. So I guess we pretty much covered everything, huh? Well, we we, we haven't covered any this thing, and it makes sense because it's the one link between this and well, I guess the two things mm-hmm. is like the connection to the overall Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, yes. I mean, the big one. I mean, both of them are actually huge. The first one would be this is the origins of the Tesseract, yeah, which is weapon that we saw at the end of Thor and would become a big part of the Avengers. Even though I don't necessarily understand if they know what the Tesseract is. Because Harris used to make energy weapons in Avengers. Loki kind of uses it. I mean, he, he harnesses the power of it, but it's also a way to open a portal for aliens. So, well, even in even in the Avengers, the uh, Shield was using it to make weapons. Yeah. So it really, it's just a great source of power with unknown capabilities. It seems. But yeah, definitely the introduction of the Tesseract, even though they don't call it the Tesseract. 
Yeah. Actually, you know what? Technically, it's not the introduction of the Tesseract. Technically, the introduction of the Tesseract was the post-credit scene in, in Thor. Thor. Because that's yeah. when you see it the first. But yeah, it's used in this film. Um, yeah. I just lost my train. I thought I was going to think of something but, else. And, oh, uh, oh, one thing, uh, one, one thing I noticed, and again, I had to watch this movie on my cell phone because my computer decided to take a bath in mouthwash. Um, so there was, there was a scene no, that's not, that's not an Indian deal. That's, that's quite serious. No, um, there was a scene at the very beginning when, I, when they were at the, the future fair, um, and they panned over and you see a case with some sort of outfit that almost looked like a superhero type outfit. And I couldn't really make it out because I was again, watching on my phone, but I want to go back on like my TV and see exactly what that was because you, as they pan over the shot of this is the world fair, the fair of the future, you see like there's a superhero outfit. So I'm like, Ooh, is that maybe Ant-Man or something like that? But I don't know. Oh, that, that reminds me, do either one of you watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? I watched like the first season and then I was like, screw this. Okay. <laughs> I was, I was only asking. I, I got to mid season finale of this season. I, I'm not caught up yet again. Okay. I was like, I was already asking because Howard shows off like a hovering car, and I'm like, I wonder if that's the one Coulson uses. Like, is that the technology? Because he has a flying car in. Oh in yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. It might <laughs> be. Yeah. Oh, shit. oh well, but the, yeah. the other thing you said that we needed to touch on. You said oh, that's right. Captain America um, getting into the modern day, and oh, the yeah. most direct reference to the Avengers, because this is pretty much the start of the film. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, the the post credit scene in this movie is a scene from the Avengers. Well, it's a, it's a trailer, which is really funny. Yeah. Um, for two reasons. One, I didn't realize they had that much of the film filmed a year in advance because they had like an entire trailer cut up, and it's really funny that it's still attached there because mm-hmm. I got the viewer and I'm like, I've seen this movie. I know it happens, but it's really funny that there's an entire trailer for this film at the end mm-hmm. of it. Well, in a lot of these situations, it's it's cheaper for the studio to film these movies just back-to-back or all at once, you know, do shots from different movies. It's just easier and cheaper to keep the actors as opposed to having to work out schedules and stuff like that. So oh, yeah. it's not... It's, it's pretty common. If they know ahead of time what they're going to be filming, might as well... Oh, yeah, I get... I, 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 it's just that, like, it's not... It's common if it's, like, a huge franchise like this, but it's weird to think about, like, they had, like, most... I imagine at this point they probably would have had most of Avengers filmed. Oh, yeah. So that was interesting to see. Yeah, definitely. But, yes, he comes into modern day, and they try to trick him. You would think Fury would have done his research... Yeah, yeah, right. They're like, oh, when when he wakes up and they're playing the baseball game on the radio, and he's like, that was from. He said he said that was from 1941. Which, if this yeah. film ends in like, or in in his, if his time his in his consciousness ends in 45, it's like, dude, really, you're gonna pick a baseball game? Yeah, that, from that's, four that's years what I'm <laughs> That's what I'm like. Why didn't they do their research? Did he just say, let's just find a Mets game, any Mets I think, game? <laughs> I think they underestimated. How- clever Captain America actually actually is. Like even like Red Skull in at one point in the movie calls him a simpleton with a shield, but he really isn't that at all. He's he's like a tactical genius yes, in and I think certain aspects. There's one part there's one scene we didn't talk about where they kind of highlight that, which is the one when everybody has to get the flagpole and everybody's trying to climb up it. Oh, and yeah. instead of climbing up he just takes down the flagpole and grabs the flag. Yeah, I love that scene. That was awesome. <laughs> but um 
Yeah, him waking up in modern day, like that that is that would blow my mind. Like I couldn't even imagine going from where he was and then running out into of course they had to have his his the facility in the middle of, you know, Manhattan. It's like which, is, what, which, I, which I found was really funny and silly because as we were later on, that's not really because I mean Avengers headquarters is the higher carrier, which is in no, the air, yeah. and then the the headquarters in Captain America went to soldiers in Washington D.C. Well, yeah, I, um, actually, that's not their. That's their. It's their mobile command um, unit, but yeah, that's where a lot of their stuff happens. But yeah. Um, yeah, it was a little weird, but you know, it's just like yeah, we set it up in Times Square, and then we're just not going to go back to here for any of the shields. Yeah, stuff. I'm sure they just did it because it was like, okay, what's the biggest possible shot we can have where it's like, welcome to the future, like oh, yeah. Times Square, of course. To be fair, <laughs> I live in New York City, and I would still be freaked out going to Times Square. Yeah, um, and it has probably the saddest sign of any film. Any, especially oh, any yeah. of the MC, but I had a date. Yeah. That's oh, that was... Oh, all of them feels at the end there. <laughs> that was... Yeah, that, that was... I, uh, I, I, I was right if there, If I remember too. correctly, in the comics, at some point, I think he ends up hooking up with her granddaughter or something. Yeah, it's a, it's not... It's kind of strange. Like, whoa, all right. Yeah. Easy now. <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I like how they tied it in with, you know, bringing him to present day and linked it directly with the Avengers film. Um, I will say Captain America, his boxing technique, way off. I was upset by that. <laughs> yeah, that was something. I was like, what are you doing, man? Why are you squared off? What's wrong with you? <laughs> that was something I did in the film, and I just kind of brushed it off. I don't get how he learned how to fight. I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I guess. I think it was in the super soldier serum. Kind of like when you hooked up Neo to the Matrix, he learned how yeah, to do kung fu. Like, yeah, that's kind. Of, that's what, that's know. kind of. I'm like, okay, so like they jacked him up with steroids, basically. Yeah. But I don't know how he learned how to fight from that. I mean, but he learns how to fight, and he learns how to fight well. It's mm-hmm. just kind of. It's like. It's like no. It's like Spider Man. Spider Man should have learned how to fight because he has spider powers. Yeah. He should learn how to dodge well. Right. But yeah, he learns how to fight. He knows how to throw a punch. I'm like, mm, that's not how it works. Yeah, well, whatever. I mean, you got to suspend it. How dare you ask plot elements? How dare you try to make movie? a logic of a... Oh, yeah, like I said, it, it would <laughs> hand wave it. And you see, the thing, the thing is, I would even hand wave it as the army, but I feel like they would train you more in armed combat than hand-to-hand. They'll train you hand-to-hand as well. Yeah. But not <laughs> not to the level he gets. But, yeah, it, yeah. it happens, and I'm just like, whatever. But, yes, um... Captain America, I think we kind of we didn't necessarily discuss this as much with Thor. Captain America is the easiest one to figure out the timeline for. It takes place before everything else, and at the end, it takes place immediately before Avengers. Yeah, it's like the uh, it's like yep. the Marvel sandwich. Yes, <laughs> starts so this, everything ends after everything. Yes, because I don't. And we didn't talk about this last week, but I I'm under the impression that not necessarily simultaneously, but Iron Man two. The Incredible Hulk and Thor all pretty much take place in a very tight span of time. Right. Definitely. So, mm-hmm. so I've, yeah, it's roughly, I think it's roughly about, I think from Iron Man to Avengers, there's just in a, there's just in a year between all of those films, I believe. 
Possibly. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. So well, far. we know Iron Man 2 takes place six months after Iron Man. Incredible Hulk and Thor takes place around the same time. So it's around six months, and it doesn't seem like there's a huge gap between when that happens and when um, uh, the Avengers happen. We'll, we'll yeah. get to that next week when we talk about um, the Avengers. So I guess... Yeah. I will say Marvel doing a way better job with their timeline than Fox and the X-Men stuff, because that's all over the place. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think part of that is because they jump back oh, and forth. God. Oh, and they, oh, oh, it irritates me so much because of, there's a number of things, but, and I, I don't want to get too much into it, because obviously maybe, this is not a review of maybe the we're, Maybe if we ever do an X-Men cast. Yeah, but uh, uh, there are just some characters who should not be where and when they yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But um yeah it's um I guess final thoughts do you recommend Captain America the First Avenger? Uh oh I I definitely recommend the the movie. I'm definitely biased. I will say that Captain America is my favorite hero and I'm just going to throw that out there so you know my biases. But I still think that it's a good movie that stands pretty well on its own and of the Phase One movies, besides the Avengers, I think that it it does a better par- a, a better job of placing itself in the timeline. Like like you said, it's like the Marvel sandwich and mm-hmm. best. And if you're if you're doing like a marathon, it just definitely needs to be in it. Yeah. Well, uh, I feel like I, it doesn't need to be in it from a storyline standpoint. Mm-hmm. But I find the film entirely enjoyable. It's a great way to spend two hours. Mm-hmm. So I recommend mm-hmm. checking it out. Yeah, I thought um, it was fun. Had a good time watching it. It, um, some, yeah, as we mentioned before, some of the actors did quite well. Uh, specifically, the main actors, which is good. Um, the story was a little weak. It was very basic in structure, um, but I think it's if you're if you're trying to get into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, if you're gonna be, if you're going to be watching Avengers. You got to know who Captain America is, and you have to know some of this history. So, um, I would say watch it because you're you're gonna you're gonna enjoy it overall. Just don't expect it to be anything mind blowing. But yeah, overall, I'd recommend it. Show next week right. the end of Phase One as we watch the Granddaddy, the Avengers. Awesome. Um, so for. Tony, Scott, and myself. This has been the Marvel Cinecast for Captain America, the first Avenger.